The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Thursday evening, it's European action. Four teams in action tonight, and that's the first time in 28 years. I know it's true because Rob McLean was there the last <laughs> time, and he'll be telling us, Ali, all about it. We're just minutes away, 55 minutes away from kickoff in Latvia, Riga against Celtic. Neil Lennon. You know, they're keeping clean sheets, so they're, you know, a tough team to break down. And in um, Bumble, we've got a very physical, strong centre forward. Um, and obviously, we're away from home in Europe, so we know that that brings its own difficulties. They had a great result against Copenhagen, you know, last year, where they won 1 0. Obviously, they lost the, the tie over the two games. So, yeah, this is going to be a very difficult game for us, Ronda, no illusions of that. We'll give you the Celtic lineup in a few moments because next to me, socially distanced, of course, the Livingston <laughs> captain who came up against Celtic just days ago. So, yep, Marvin Hart Bartley is with us here in the Go Radio studio. Rangers are in Holland. They're up against Willem Tway, Stephen Gerrard. One thing's for sure, it'll be a tough game. It'll be a big challenge for us. Uh, from experience in the last couple of years, we've noticed from round to round that the level in terms of quality rises a lot. That's with no disrespect to teams that we've moved on from or that we've beaten in the past. I think it's only natural uh, the closer you get to, to group stages, the level of opponents always improves. So we're going to hear more from Stephen Gerrard. Ali, what are the timings tonight? Celtic, I know, at six o'clock, so it's not that far away in the other three games. Absolutely. Hapoel Bersheva is going to be against Motherwell in Israel. 6.30 kickoff for that one. And both at eight o'clock, Willem Tway Rangers in Holland and Sporting Lisbon, Aberdeen out in Lisbon. Marvin, isn't it wonderful to have uh, four of our teams in Europe tonight in the Europa League? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, and it shows that the league's going from strength to strength, really. Um, you know, hopefully all four can get through. I know they've got tough tasks ahead, but, you know, for the league and for the country, you know, we should all be behind them. Rob's going to be with us in a second or two on the programme in the next 20 minutes. Alan Stubbs, so the former Celtic uh, defender and Everton, uh, he's joining us in the programme. One of the owners uh, in Scottish football, it's Roy McGregor, the owner of Ross County, is coming on. He's been incredibly generous, as maybe you've heard in the last 24 hours. Jim McAnally, he's Cy Ferry's boss. He's the, he's the manager of Peterhead. Can't wait Peter to get some dirty on him. Yeah, well, he'll be. <laughs> joining us also talking about the lower league clubs and how they're going to survive with the corona uh, virus continuing and uh, you know no games with fans at the moment and Stephen Hamill um, the Motherwell under 18 coach is joining us on the programme so Motherwell in action as we mentioned Rob will be with us in a few moments but you've got team news coming in Marvin from the Celtic match in Latvia and a couple of changes yeah, um, you know, the Celtic have made a few changes and it looks like they're going to go back to the, the 3 5 one, one, um, in regards to the players put in. Probably a couple of surprises. Ajeti, I thought, was, was really good mm. against us at the weekend. Um, you know, I thought he maybe would have started, but maybe Neil Lennon's probably got an eye on getting him on for the last 30 minutes and probably keeping it tight up, up until then. It's so a good wee uh, cheeky goal, doesn't it, each time he comes on? <laughs> Let's not talk about his goals. <laughs> I know. As a Men fan, I feel your pain. <laughs> so you'll give us how they line up, but it's Barkas, Taylor, Duffy, Beaton, Brown the captain, Christian, Cham, Edward, Ayer, McGregor and Forrest. How do you see that actually line up, Marvin? Yeah, so Duffy, Beaton and Ayer, I imagine would be the back three. Really? Uh, Taylor, left wing back. Uh, Forrest, right wing back. I think you have Brown and and Cham will probably play the deeper of the two and then maybe go maybe two number 10s with McGregor and Christie and then obviously Edward leading the line um, you know I think they'll, they'll try and play through the middle obviously with the, with the amount of players they do have in there and everyone knows about Celtic's rotation 
uh, with, with having four midfielders in there. So I think they're going to try and dominate possession. Um, you know, but it's so important they do get support up to Edward and they don't leave him isolated. Rob, how do you see it for tonight? You'll be commentating on Sporting Lisbon against Aberdeen. Come to that shortly. But Rob, thanks for that stat about the four teams in tonight. What do you make of the yeah. Celtic lineup? Yeah, thanks for stealing it, Paul. I knew the, <laughs> moment, the minute I mentioned it that uh, I wouldn't get a chance to do it no. myself. But, but, but no, it, no, it is worth yeah. saying, though, isn't it? 30th of September 1992, the last yeah. time all four Scottish teams played on the same night. And uh, it was three out of four that night, three wins out of four. And I think, you know, let's be realistic. I know, I know Marv is, is saying all four would be great, but three out of four, I think we'd be absolutely delighted when you look at the strength of the opposition. Uh, 28 years ago, it was Celtic, Hearts and Rangers all won. Airdrie, believe it or not, were in wow. European football at yeah. that stage. They were, the, they were the ones who were who were beaten, but they played Sparta Prague, so that was, Oof, that yeah. was no disgrace. No. But uh, I, I think we take that, that sort of success rate tonight. It was interesting to hear Marv going through the Celtic team. Um, worryingly for you, Marv, um, I agree with <laughs> the way, the way you're, you're, you're seeing it sh- shaping up. That looks a really uh, attacking team. I think, I think we like uh, Callum McGregor from a you know, from an attacking point of view, to be playing that little bit further forward. That will be the case tonight. He and Christie uh, supporting Edouard. That James Forrest back in the team. That looks a really good uh, Celtic lineup to me. Uh, it's definitely very, very strong. You were surprised by a Yeti not being on tonight. You were impressed by him at the weekend, Marvin. Yeah, I thought he yeah. was fantastic. Honestly, um, obviously the first time I played against him, he comes with a big price tag, uh, which also brings pressure with it. But, you know, his, his link-up play, his hold-up play, everything about his game for me was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, he, he's not the biggest in, in terms of, of height, but he's, he's he's really built and his hold-up play was absolutely fantastic. Um, something that maybe Celtic haven't always had, you know, allowed him to get up the pitch, allowed him to play slightly differently. So, yeah, I think he'll be disappointed not to start today, but I'm sure Neil Lennon would have pulled him and said, listen, you'll be going on the pitch at some point. And, you know, when you do go on there, it's about making an impact. It's a strong bench, Rob, isn't it? With uh, El Yunusi there, Frimpong, a lot of the fans love him, El Hamed, David Turnbull, of course, just signed from Motherwell a couple of weeks ago, Klamala and Ayeti and Bain, of course, the uh, reserve goalkeeper. But they've got a strong bench. Yeah, lots of strength, Paul. I think the danger about the main danger for Celtic about the game tonight will just be a feeling in the back of their minds um, that this is the. I mean, when the draw was made, we all thought, well, Celtic have had the best of the draw because the other three have got tough, established, well-known names in European football. But Neil Lennon's making the point they've got this great defensive record at home. They will see Celtic as a big scalp if, if they can come out on top in this, of course, one-off tie. So I'm a little bit wary about it from, from Celtic's point of view, just maybe because of what the general perception is about the game. But when you think about it, they should have too much quality. They've dropped down from the Champions League qualifiers. They should be setting off on hopefully a, a long run in this Europa League as they did last season. Uh, and, and tonight it's just one to get out of the way. Marvin and Rob, what about Rangers, Willem Tway? Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard talking about the way Rangers play in Europe. They did well, so well last one, season. One thing's for sure at this level, to be a passive, and you stand off good players, even more than domestically, you'll get hit at this level for sure. So yeah, a big part of our performance and success throughout these qualifiers over the last couple of years and our journeys in Europe have really stemmed from our solid base defensively, our organisation, and what we give to the game out of possession. Um, having said that, it's just one side of the game. You've still got to have the players and the talent in your team to go and hit the team when the ball turns over. So 
to, to, to get a successful result tomorrow, both sides of our game have got to be good. Um, but from an out-of-possession point of view, we've got to be much better than the weekend. Marvin, you've played against both Rangers and Celtic in recent weeks. Uh, Rangers are off to a really good start and we know how well they did in Europe last season. Yeah, off to a fantastic start. I actually watched the Rangers also play against Hibs um, at the weekend, so it was a really interesting game. And I think maybe Gerard's been a little bit harsh on them. I thought they, they actually played well. You know, I think they had more than enough opportunities to win the game. Obviously, Scott Yarfield's missed, missed a chance. Morales has missed a great chance. But in regards to Europe, it's, it's going to be a tough game. You know, it's, it's never going to be easy going across to Holland. And, you know, I've played against William too also. And, you know, they're very possession-based. So, you know, Rangers are going to have to be at their best to get the win. But I think they can do it. Um, definitely, I see in their, their, their way they played at the weekend as well. If they follow that up and maybe just raise it a little bit. I, I expect them to go through, if I'm honest. Let's hear a wee bit more from Stephen Gerrard about how they play in Europe. Yeah, I think the, the two journeys we've had in Europe over the last couple of years, we've got to use that experience. We've got to tap into that, the knowledge of, of how these games have gone previous. I think the players individually and collectively have got to tap into you know what it took to have them successful journeys over the last couple of years. And the players know what's needed and what it takes to get a successful result away in Europe. And that's something that we've you know got better at over the last couple of years. We're now capable of coming and performing at places like this and getting a positive result. But we know we have to find the performance first. Rob, they obviously they heard the news last night as they left for the match that uh, Stephen Gerrard was facing an SFA rap over the comments last week about Ryan Edwards' charge. Um, no further news on that. They'll put that out of their mind tonight. Yeah, I mean, we I spoke about that with Andy Halliday on the, on the show last night. Andy Halliday, of course, who just left the club a few months ago. And um, yeah, I mean, that will be shoved to one side. Um, it seems a, a little bit ridiculous when you consider the, the big things that are happening at the moment, the really important things that our governing bodies should be talking about rather than something fairly petty uh, like that. But I think what is, it, what is quite significant is Stephen Gerrard there speaking about their European performances, Paul. Um, I've commentated a lot on Rangers in the Europa League over the last couple of years, and a lot of their best performances have come in Europe, sometimes to the detriment of what they've done domestically, where they've, where they've got into a challenging position and fallen away. In Europe, they've beaten some really, really good teams when you think of up against the likes of Porto and Feyenoord and Braga, some really highly regarded European teams. They've produced some of their best football. Kent... Morellas, I think Scott Arfield is going to be key for them tonight as well in the absence of uh, players you would have expected to have delivered a lot who are unavailable, the likes of Ryan Jack and Joe Aribo. I think it's going to be a really tight one tonight. I think these two teams will be very closely matched. Marvin, Ryan Kent has probably mentioned more than any other player since the start of the season. What do you, you saw him again at the weekend? Yeah, so exciting. He's a talisman for me. Yeah. Um, you know, he's taken... On, on kind of that, that pressure and, and he's thriving underneath it if, I, if I'm honest um, you know again at the weekend he's brilliant e everything that Rangers did going forward he, he was involved in you know him and Scott Arfield Scott Arfield was so important in terms of breaking the line but actually on the ball Ryan Kent always looking for the ball always trying to play forward and be positive so he'll be absolutely massive for them today and I actually used to play with a left back at Hibs last season Mika Nelman who He's gone back across to Holland after coming and playing for Hibs for a season. So, you know, you have a, a tough task tonight. <laughs> and uh, one of you, in fact, the man who brought you to Scotland is uh, on the programme shortly. Yeah, Alan Stubbs, you know, um, he, he gave me that call and, and told me Scotland was actually warmer than I thought. I flew up here on that day. It was it was the <laughs> one bit of sun that I've had hey. since being here. And uh, <laughs> he I signed the contract, it. yeah, yeah. And then it was raining and snow after that. But no, you know, Alan, I am awful lot, you know, for bringing me up to the... To, to Scotland um, you know, obviously being part of some fantastic times oh. at Hibs and 
and they're still being here with Livingston so I owe the man an awful lot that cup win will never be forgotten won't no. it? it's just uh, amazing for every Hibs fan Alan Stubbs joining us soon Roy McGregor Jim McAnally Stephen Hamill we've just given you the Celtic lineup. we'll bring you news obviously on Rangers and on Motherwell too and Rob the match you will be commentating on tonight and this is a, an absolute cracker Sporting Lisbon against Aberdeen and we know so much has been said about the Covid problems uh, of the Aberdeen players let's hear from Derek McInnes who's talking about the Covid problems of the Sporting Lisbon players We haven't really considered their problems too much to be honest I think now we're here we know the game's going ahead and obviously their preparations hasn't been ideal but if you look they'll closer into their squad and the level of player that they have and the amount of players they have to choose from you know it's a formidable task there's no doubt about it but the excitement of being here, the excitement of taking on such an opponent is why we, we work so hard to try and get into Europe every year. Obviously, we uh, any cup competition, the level up gets tougher. We are looking forward to the, the challenge very much so. Rob, what do you feel for tonight? Uh, you know, this time last week we were saying Aberdeen on such a great roll and then they hit Motherwell at the weekend. So what do you feel for this evening? Yeah, I mean, I, I worry about Aberdeen defensively uh, tonight, Paul. Obviously, they've lost Scott McKenna, yeah. uh, Ash Taylor played in the back three for them at the weekend. Uh, Ross McCrory was in the three as well. Um, Taylor was hooked at half-time. There was a complete reshuffle by Derek McInnes uh, after they'd lost three goals in 23 minutes. So that wasn't the build-up they were after. They were looking for a solid defensive show that they could then roll out again tonight in, in Portugal. He, he's had to rethink that completely. Uh, and like Derek McInnes, I wouldn't get over-excited from an Aberdeen point of view about all these players missing uh, for, for Sporting Lisbon. The coach, Ruben Amorim, he's missing himself from the game tonight, eight players. But this is a, this is a massive club. This is a club that is ranked number 30 in Europe, uh, the, the official UEFA rankings from Bayern Munich down. So when you think of all the top teams across all the top leagues, they're in the top 30. Aberdeen are ranked 177. So even a depleted Sporting Lisbon team, which it will be tonight, uh, is going to be a massive challenge for Aberdeen. I, th- I think they have to to be to turn in one of their their best performances, Aberdeen tonight, to have a chance of getting through. Marvin, yeah, I agree. I think it's a huge, huge task. Um, you know, sport in Lisbon, such such a massive club, and, and the Aberdeen players will know going into it. There's not really a lot of pressure on them, and it might help them in, in regards to their performances. Let's be honest, their fans at home aren't expecting them to win this game, so. You know, hopefully Aberdeen can keep it tight. As you said, you know they've they've lost their their main centre half and they're reshuffling at the back. So hopefully they can keep it tight and, and, and nick a goal. But you know, I think it's a huge, huge task for them, and I think they've got the most difficult uh, task out of the, our four clubs. So fingers crossed for them. Rob, some news coming in from uh, the Motherwell lineup for tonight: Carson, O'Donnell, and Gallagher, Lamy, McGinley, Grimshaw, Polworth, Campbell, O'Hara, Watt, and Long on the bench for Motherwell in Israel. It's Morrison, White, Hasty, Maguire, Seedorf, Cornelius, and Lang. And Motherwell, Rob, must have such confidence after that win at Petodre. Yeah, I mean, they were terrific. Um, I watched that game, uh, and while you could look at it from the Aberdeen point of view and think that they self-combusted in that first half, uh, Motherwell were out of the traps, really impressive. For a team that a few weeks ago, we were wondering where any sort of win was going to come from. Suddenly, they've won four of the last five games. Yes, they won on penalties in the last round in Europe, and that maybe had a touch of fortune about it. But they look a really good unit to me. They, they've almost come together better since the absence of David Turnbull, which sounds crazy because such a good player he was. But they're a really good unit. Alan Campbell has been a real star in the midfield. Liam Polworth as well. But I think, like Aberdeen, 
this is a massive challenge for them, a massive tie. Hapel Beersheva, we know about them, we've heard of them. Uh, they're one of the top teams in Israel. They're in the, the top four in that country. Uh, and, and Motherwell will need to be... Uh, well, there's, there's virtually no margin for error for them, I think, tonight. They have to be at their very best. It would be a, an incredible result if they could come back with a win. Marvin, what do you reckon? Yeah, again, a, a tough task for them. Um, you know, obviously, beating Aberdeen at the weekend, they're going to they're gonna be full of confidence. And I think you know, their manager will just be saying to them, go and repeat that performance. You know, you've, you've beaten Aberdeen 3-0. Nobody gave us a chance against them. You know, go and do the same thing today and see see where we lay. You know, if you look at the Motherwell player social media, they seem to be taking it in their stride. They're enjoying it. Mm. You know, they seem to be like, well, we're here now. You know, what can we actually do? And it's, it's such a good thing to be, you know, playing like that when you've got no real pressure on you. You, you are just going and taking it in your stride and you know I, I hope for the best of them but I, again I think it's an extremely difficult task for them but you know who knows what can happen it's 90 minutes it's 11 v 11 and, and anything can happen Let's hear from Stephen Robinson who's been speaking to a friend about Bersheva I will speak to Brendan at some stage today um, about some of the players that are still there. I think they're a very strong side. I've watched them. They've got strong individuals. You know, they, they've got three players we've really identified that can hurt you. But um, there's certainly uh, we've gone with a game plan. Um, we went to a game plan at Aberdeen. It worked very well. You know, and we'll, we'll go with a different game plan when we go out there. And I believe that you know there's a real positive mindset within the football club, and we're going to need to stick to the game plan and then hope that individuals do what they've done on Sunday and, and come to the fore and take their opportunities. Rob, we're going to let you go. I know you're preparing for the match, but uh, there is a really good atmosphere about tonight. It's great to have four teams in the Europa League. Yeah, I mean, it's wonderful for Motherwell. I mean, we've heard Stephen Robinson talking about the. It, it's a real shame that the Motherwell fans, who don't get too many opportunities to follow their team around Europe, uh, they can't be there tonight. That, that, that's a real shame. But their team has hit form at just the right time. They've got the best chance, I think, they could have had in terms of the timing of giving Hapel Beersheva a real fright tonight. Um, it would be great to think that they can just pick up where they left off at Petodri on Sunday. And I mean, we, we wish them all the best and, and we just wish all four the best tonight. Uh, and let's hope, you know, we're cheering some really good results uh, later on this evening. Rob, thanks very much. It's the Go Radio Football Show. Next up, Alan Stubbs. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. go, go. Is the number to call 0808 17 17 700. You can speak to Marvin Bartley, you can speak to Ali, myself, and in a moment or two, Alan Stubbs will be joining us because we're only 35 minutes away from kickoff in Latvia, Riga against Celtic. Everyone knows the importance of European football to the Scottish champions. It's very important. Obviously, we, you know, have come out of the Champions League, which is a, you know, a blow for us. So, European football is important to a club like Celtic every season. So, this game is uh, pivotal in what we want to do, our endeavours to make the the group stage of the Europa League, and that opens up the whole season. We're taking this game very seriously. We've got great respect for the our opponents tomorrow evening, and we'll have a strong team available. Well, joining us now, a man who's had great success with Celtic home and away in Europe and at home is the former Celtic star and the Everton star, Alan Stubbs. Alan, good evening. Good evening. Good evening, gents. Yeah, and... Uh, Hi, Ma- Alan. There's Ali. <laughs> and we're, 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 we'll let uh, Marvin uh, loose on you in a moment or two because I know you know him really well. But, uh, Alan, what do you feel about tonight? Is this the kind of game that, uh, obviously, Celtic will not underestimate the Latvians, but this uh, could be tougher than some people think? Oh, he's gone. Oh. We'll come back to him in just a second. Or two. Let yeah, Marvin loose. He's like, yeah. no, I'm out of here. Marvin, you've got the Celtic team there anyway, just as we uh, hopefully get him back on the line. Yep, he's still there. Yeah. Alan, you're there? 
It's gr- ringing. A gremlin. Okay, we're there in a second. Who's the Celtic team? So Barkas in goal. We're looking at um, the back three of Duffy, Beaton, and Ayer. Left wing back Greg Taylor. Right wing back Forrest. Um, Brown and um, McGregor in the midfield. So Brown and then Cham in the midfield. Ahead of those two, Christie and McGregor as two number tens, and Edward up front. Alan, you're joining us now. I am sorry about that. No, no, it's we have we have paid the bill. Promise. Yeah, it's like technical issue there. Oh, it's hands to the best. So, Alan, what do you feel about uh, tonight? We'll go over the team again. I don't know if you heard it there, but what do you feel about the match with Enrica? Well, I, I heard the very end of it. Obviously, right. Edward and and Chris. Here we go. Let's so, we'll give you it again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Barkas is in goal. Um, the back three of Duffy, Beaton, and Ayer. Taylor at left wing back, Forrest at right wing back, uh, Brown and Incham as two number eights, two number tens in McGregor and Christie and Edward leading the line. Okay, is that the man himself, Mr. Barkley? <laughs> <laughs> he was sweating doing that. <laughs> so, what do you yeah. feel about that lineup, Alan? Hey, well, it's a very strong lineup. Mm. Um, you know, so I think with the result in the last round, I think, you know, Neil's not taking any chances and, and paying them the utmost respect. And, you know, it's important that Celtic, you know, progress in, in Europe, um, you know, not just for the, for the club itself, but obviously for Scotland itself um, as, as a whole. And um, it's going to be, it's a tricky game, but, you know, I, I fully expect Celtic to come through it. I've got to be honest. Mm. Certainly in a really strong lineup tonight. Good to see Edward back. Um, a lot of speculation about him. What do you think, Alan? Do you think he will stay for this uh, crucial year? Well, I think it's you know he's, he's obviously a very talented player, and it, it, it's clear to see that he has been uh, disrupted by by speculation. You know, there's there's, there's lots of things flying around about reasons why, you know, verbal agreements and things like this, if if someone was to pay X, you know, they would let them go. Um, you know, I think it's 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 imperative that, that Neil tries to keep hold of them because I think, you know, even to the untrained eye, I think they even they would see that how important he is to Celtic, um, especially this season and, and what's at stake, not just on the domestic front, but obviously, obviously Europe and all. He's, you know, he, he's a match winner. You know, I think every, you know when you you see the amount of players that that look up to him and and talk about him in such high regard, you know, you know he's a talent. You know, and um, I, I hope he stays. Uh, I hope, and you know, if if it, if it is going to happen, then I, I I hope Celtic do it very quickly because the last thing they want is to get near the end of the window. He he gets frustrated by it, you know, by all the speculation, downs tools a little bit, and then um, Celtic are running around chasing for for a for a top quality striker, which which we know are not easy to get. Mm-hmm. And momentum's such a huge thing, isn't it, Marvin? And if it, if he was to go late in the window, and uh, Rangers, you know, it could give them an advantage psychologically. Definitely, um, but it makes it a lot di- more difficult for Celtic, as Alan's just said there. You know, the longer you wait in the window, you know, you sell your best striker, and, and teams know you're desperate to bring in another one. They add an extra few, you know, million on the uh, on the price tag. Um, in regards to Edward, it, it's so difficult. If it is true that the club has said, you know, if someone d- does meet a, a certain price, you can go, and now they can't kind of going back on that. It's difficult for any player, you know, especially if it's a team like Arsenal who want you, a new Arsenal where Arteta's trying to bring new players in and younger players in where he probably looks at it and thinks, 
I want to be a part of that. He's probably spoken to Tierney. How is it down there? And he's told him and, you know, he's going to get ample opportunity to be playing games. Um, it's a very, very difficult situation for Celtic. But I think, you know, if you have agreed something with a player, probably the best thing to do is, you know, get this game out of the way today and, and then say, well, listen, if Arsenal are willing to pay the money, then we have to let him go and we have to move on. I'm sure they've got players who they want to bring in should he go, you know, and they're not going to be you know, left of him going and thinking, well, wh- where do we go from now? But, you know, as Alan said, sooner rather than later. Alan Stubbs, what do you think of Ayeti? And he's certainly getting the goals in the early weeks that he's been here. He's on the bench tonight, but uh, what do you make of the striker? Well, I think he's, he's certainly had an impact, which, which is what Neil would have wanted. You know, but in terms of, you know, Edward, if he was to leave, then, you know, I, I still think he's, he's quite a bit behind him in terms of what, mm. what Edward brings to the table. Um, you know, it's, it's very difficult to replace, but, you know, I think domestically it, it would be fine and, and he would be a, an ad- adequate replacement, but he wouldn't be one where, which I think would necessarily scare opposition defences the way, the way Edward does. You know, he, people, the thing with Edward is that people see him on the team sheet and they think, oh, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, that would be the same effect, you know, with 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 the Jetty. So, you know, it's it's a it's a tough one. You know, the only thing is is that Celtic will want top dollar for Edward, and I don't necessarily see Arsenal if if they are the club that's rumored to be interested. I don't think Arsenal are necessarily. A, a top dollar club who are going to pay your thirties, your forties, you know, million pound for a player. I think they've they've had a they've had a, a change in their mm-hmm. uh, recruitment structure and all. Where you know they you know you look at um, oh, his name escapes me. The lad who just signed from from Chelsea. You know, free transfer, paying decent wages. William, you know, yeah. William, yeah. You know, um, I just don't know. You know, and I, and I think the money that Celtic will want, I think there'll be too much. Yep. to and fro with, with, with Arsenal to, to get a deal done. How have you been impressed by uh, Shane Duffy since his arrival? I, I had Shane at Everton when I was, when oh, I was coaching there and, right. and he's a, he's a, he, well, he, he was a big daft, <laughs> you know, uh, and I've got to be careful how I say it because yeah. I have too many people. Yeah. He, was, he was a big yeah. daft lad, let's say. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, he was very raw, as brave as, as brave as, yeah. As they come in team, in terms of of a, of a young centre back, he's probably the bravest that I've I've, I've witnessed or 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 have dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the challenges he threw himself in for were just like thinking, okay, yeah, good on you, but you're going to get yourself hurt. Yeah. You know, um, he wouldn't necessarily think he'd, he'd do it. And I've got to be honest, he's gone on and he's and he's he's done really well for himself. You know, he's 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 a he's a threat, you know. Shane will score. I, me personally, he will be into double figures this year in mm-hmm. in Scotland mm-hmm. because he's he's a he's a he's a throwback to the fact that he's a threat in both boxes. Yeah. You know, he sticks his head on everything. He puts his head where 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 a lot of defenders wouldn't, um, and that's more so in his own box. But he he you'll see him throwing himself at, at crosses. Left, right, and centre in the opposition box, and that's why he scores so many goals. You know, he's, he's, uh, his goal rec- his goal record is very good for a centre back, and you know, I, I think he's, he's, a, he's a great addition. He'd be great in the dressing room. He's, he's a leader. 
Um, he's he's matured a lot on the pitch, you know, and, and he's. I wish him all the best. Mm. I, you know, I've, I need to catch up with him to be honest. Um, yeah. He's grew, he's grew up quite a lot since I had him. Let's let's say that. Let's put it that way. You'll have to catch up with him now, having said that. But I, we know what you mean. He was raw. He was young. He'd just come. To, you helped to bring him through at Everton. Ali? He's yeah. definitely a size. Yeah. I saw him at St Mirren Park the other day. Huge. Yeah. Big unit. Um, yeah. Alan, what do you think of Lennon's signing so far at this window? And do you think he's got any more signings to, to make before the window closes? I do, yeah. I, 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 I still think Celtic have, have made, you know, the right additions. There's, there's probably, there's more speculation about players leaving from Celtic than what there is at Rangers at the moment, and that's not that's not healthy. Um, the one thing that Celtic wants, oh, especially with this season, with with it being so important, is they want stability, and and they want and they want to build momentum, because they've seen how Rangers. Um, Let's say it crumbled in a way last season when Celtic gained momentum, and Celtic's know-how how to win games of football was too much for Rangers in the end. You know, Rangers have they've definitely strengthened again. You know, the board cannot be looked upon as not backing Steven Gerrard because that's one thing they certainly have. Uh, the one thing that's missing for for Steven and the team now is that they have to produce. You know, I don't know. There's not many managers that have been given the time that Steven's had. And not won anything, and you can look at that two ways. You can look at that as in terms of they hold him in such high regard that they 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 totally believe in him. Um, and the other one is that you know he's on a lot of money, you know, can and he's on a long contract. So can Rangers actually afford to pay him off at the moment? Um, you know, because Rangers obviously they're in a healthier position financially. But they're still, in terms of in in relevant to Celtic, they're still nowhere near on the same wavelength, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the finances. So uh, it's it's a, it's another huge season for Rangers because you know I dealt with well not not dealt with, but I had the pressure when when Rangers were going for ten in a row that season, and it's it's not good. It's 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 not a nice. Uh, atmosphere to play under and a pressure to play under week in and week out. You know, you look at Rangers' result last week and there'll be a, a lot of people thinking, especially the fans going, oh no, that's it, we've dropped points. You know, it happened to Celtic a month ago. People were saying then, oh, you know, you can't afford to drop points. There'll be, this season for both teams is going to be such a roller coaster of emotions um, and pressure. It's it's basically going to come down to who who holds the nerve the best. Mental strength, Marvin. Yeah, yeah, definitely down to mental strength, as Alan's touched on there. You know, last year Rangers got to kind of the January just after the winter break, and it, and it all fell apart. But you know, obviously Stevens realised the reasons that did happen. He tried to strengthen. He brought in more attackers. The squad looks a lot lot better now than it did, you know, a year ago. And and he understands that he he's going to need all these players. You know, he, he's got. Uh, Brandon Barker, I know he's injured at the moment. He's come back into the frame as well, like a new sign-in. So it's going to be it's going to be a fantastic season. But yeah, mental strength is going to be so important. And you know, playing under the pressure. I know there's no fans at the moment, but when the fans do come back in, and it's getting close towards the end of the season. The tighter it is, the more pressure there's going to be, and the earlier that pressure is going to come in individual games. So it'd be, it should be good. Alan, we'll we'll mention Everton in a moment or two. What a start to the season for them. But uh, can we ask you about one of your signings when you were the boss at Hibs, a young Marvin Bartley that you brought in? <laughs> Well, it's not so young. Yeah. <laughs> what qualities did he bring? 
no. <laughs> oh, surely, you can, surely you can <laughs> find one. You brought the sunshine by the sounds of it. Well, I didn't. I didn't sign him for his shooting quality, and that was became very evident in training. That you know, um, really, yeah. It, it's a good. It's a good job we had goal goals that moved. Yeah. You know, because um, the more it wasn't more one of Marvin's sense, but what I can say is he was. You know, he was a great. He was a real good signer for me, not just on the pitch but off the pitch. You know, because um, a lot of the players, well, in fact, all the players, really looked up to him and respected him massively. And and it it takes it takes a lot for all the players to respect a player because some you always get one or two who don't necessarily get on with someone or, or, or what but you know off the top of my head I didn't think there was any players that, that didn't dislike Marvin and you know that's a credit to himself and he was he was great for me and he was great for the players um, he's done really well there you know he's he's got qualities that are still needed in the game you know he's he's, he's, he's he was very athletic but he's all he was always fit uh, he, he read the game really well, uh, had a good understanding of, of of what his role was, which is which is very important. You know, Martin Marvin knew what he couldn't do, mm-hmm. but what he could do was very good. What kind of gaffer was he? Oh, he's brilliant. You know, he got on with as, as he kind of said there about me. He got, he got on with all the boys. You know, you always felt you could go into the manager's office, and and that's not always the case. You know, sometimes you, you've got a manager and you think, oh, I don't want to go and see him today, or he seems in a bad mood. You know, regardless of anything, you know, you could always go into the gaffer's office. You know, he was always laughing and joking with the boys. He would, he would always join in training. Um, Lucky could still actually play. As long as he didn't have to run, Lucky could still play. You know, he yeah. could do things with <laughs> the ball that, end, yeah, that the yeah. rest of us yeah. couldn't do. And we're like, what's going on here? Yeah. yeah. But were, no. Were you ever scared I, going I, into I, him, though? Um, yeah. Mom, yeah. I used to just walk on football at an early age. I'm doing that yeah. now. No, never scared yeah. to go in. You know, <laughs> never ever. Um, you know, That's brilliant. you know, yeah. always had the door open for you and anything you needed. Like you said, whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch, it's a family situation. You know, the gaffer was always there and he's always there to listen and, and and try and help you through those things. And, and that's massive for a player. He just lied about the sunshine. Yeah, lied yeah. about the sunshine. It's sunny <laughs> once, uh, and that was it. You brought, you brought some sh- sunshine to Leith, didn't you? The two of you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Alan, what about Everton? Mashiri's been spending the cash, and so far, I know yeah. it's early, but it's paying. Well, yeah. No, it's, it certainly is. I, I think the one thing that that um, that Carlo Ancelotti has done, you know, it's good that I think the club have allowed him to put his stamp on 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 the squad because these certainly look like his type of signings. You know, he's he's had dealings with Rodriguez at, at Real Madrid, and you know, even in the first game, you know, I've got to be honest as as a fan, I've not been excited as excited about a player on the pitch like that for Everton for a number of years you know and it, and it's really I think it's rejuvenated the, the club and, and the fans even though they're not allowed to physically see him mm-hmm. at, at first hand you know the, the fact that you know what he can do just his movements his touches his awareness you know and, and, I, and I think you know Marvel will know this when you have a player coming to the dressing room and he's he's a level that you think wow it lifts you, yeah. you know, and it gives you it gives you extra confidence. It it makes other people look around and think, I've got to raise my game here. And 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 I think that's what he's done. Um Decore is another great sign and he, yeah. he gives Everton something in midfield that, that they've lacked. 
And I think he's, as well as being a very good player, he's got a bit of stature to him. Whereas Everton, for me personally, they got bullied last year in midfield. Um, they had some, some, some decent players, but they didn't have enough yep. good players and, excell- and excellent yep. excellent players mixed in with them. You know, it's very rare you can have, a, have a, an 11 of sure. excellent players. But they, they have need, it now, yeah. So they have it, yep. they, they have it, and it, you know, I think you're, you're enjoying watching Everton play again right now. For sure. Alan, we hope that we'll be enjoying watching Celtic tonight. Motherwell as well in action. Rangers and Aberdeen. Alan, we've run out of time just now. Thanks so no much. Problem. We have Kenny Dalglish talking about Liverpool on Tuesday night. Alan Stubbs tonight. And coming up next, it's a preview of the games. And Roy McGregor, the boss of Ross County, is next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go, go, go. Live from Glasgow, it's Glasgow's own Go Radio. Paul Cooney here with Ali Defoy and the Livingston captain, Marvin Bartley. A few moments ago, we heard from Everton and former Celtic star Alan Stubbs. Coming up later, Jim McAnally, the Peterhead boss, and Stephen Hamill, uh, Motherwell's youth coach, in the night when, well, we're just minutes away from Celtic playing in Riga, Hapwell Bersheva against Motherwell, Willem Tway against Rangers, and Sporting Lisbon against Aberdeen. And uh, we're available on all the socials and on the phone. Absolutely, get in touch. I don't know if you've seen it on Instagram, but it's changed recently. Marvin's an Instagrammer at GoFootballSocial. If you're not following us, jump on there. Um, maybe you want to get involved on the text 87474. Put go at the start of your message. Plenty of them come through. And remember, it doesn't cost you anything extra from your normal text. And give us a call 0808 17 17 700. So this morning, uh, Ali sent round uh, a really good news story and a heartening one, Ali. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Ross County are to play to pay for League Cup COVID tests um, for the costs for Elgin and Barora. So basically what that means is the screening is not required for lower league games. However, if a club is going to be playing in a cup match against a top tier side, they will need to be tested. And the great news is Ross County will be covering the COVID testing for all the costs for their Highland rivals, Elgin City and Barora Rangers when they play them in the League Cup which so, is fantastic, isn't it? Yep, so on the line now is the chairman of Ross County, Roy McGregor. Roy, good evening. Evening to you, Paul. How uh, are you? Yeah, listen, really good, because, uh, you know, there's such difficult times uh, for everybody. I take it you, family, friends, are staying well, uh, staying distanced and uh, looking after yourself. Yeah, we're trying to, but the sky's blue up here in the north of Scotland, so it's lovely today, Paul. A beautiful day. Yeah, the sun has been a wee bit colder, but uh, I know... you stay indoors. Yeah, you're such a champion of uh, the Highlands. And, and this uh, gesture of kindness, Roy, it's it's really phenomenal. When did you decide to do it? What was the moment you thought, no, we're going to do this? I think just, you know, during last week, I was sort of concerned that, you know, the Betfred Cup, where these teams, you know, joined the senior clubs, that they were going to have to um, commit... Mm-hmm. To both testing and the, and the money for testing, and I just felt that you know we've we've been in this part of the world uh, with our fe- our fellow teams, and these were two teams that may withdraw mm-hmm. from the competition or may not opt to play the Premier Club, and just felt it was our obligation, our duty uh, as uh, as the most senior club to to be able to to come alongside them and to, and, mm-hmm. and to help them both with the testing and the financial. Mm-hmm. repercussions of the testing yeah and you're not even playing both of them I, I, at first I reckoned you would be playing both but you're you're just playing one of them we're only playing one of them and strangely I didn't know we were playing Elgin oh. <laughs> I phoned I phoned both chairmen just to offer that oh. service because we've been speaking to them 
you know, over the last months that if they required tests in any mm-hmm. any stage in their own leagues, we'd we'd be alongside them. So I was forgotten and quite surprised when Mr. Tatters of Elgin, mm-hmm. uh, I, I asked him who he was playing in the in in, in in the Premier League club and found out it was ourselves. So was a that, that is a bit, a bit of a gesture. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Uh, what if it had been your uh, oldest rivals, I suppose, in the north, Inverness, Cali Thistle? Um, would well, you have done it for them? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. I mean, I, I offered that, but they, they didn't have a Premier League club. They had they had hearts, so I did speak to Scott Gardner because I thought I had missed that one. So, yeah, it would have been delighted. And I think it was just, you know, the teams in this part of the world sort of sticking together and us trying to support them in their journey as well. So, um, delighted to do it it'll be great to see them back once at the lower leagues playing and but we're all worried about the last couple of days and the you know the Covid restrictions and I wonder and you had a successful trial just a couple of weeks ago the match uh, with Celtic but sadly that's not going to happen for, for some time just now because of these restrictions yeah sadly we, we we did apply for this weekend against Aberdeen for 650 supporters but you know with the health crisis that sort of gone onto the shelf at the moment um, so that's that's what the authorities said so we just have to we, we, we will have to miss having life on it amazingly even with 300 fans it did make such a difference to football it's been a bit plasticky yep. and a bit uh, you know lacking in something and, and looking more like training games so even with 300 fans on the ground uh, it, it, it was a different match experience and uh, I just hope that we can get this COVID problem sorted and we can let fans come back and enjoy, especially I mean, we're a community club. So, you know, we had fans from quite a wide area came and uh, no incidents and everything went well. And uh, we, were, we were looking forward to getting some more in this weekend. And we can hear firsthand from Marvin here because uh, how much are you missing the fans? What difference does it make for the players? Oh, it's a huge difference. You know, um, I've said it before, even if it's, it's, it's fans booing you, even if you're playing away from home, you know, you're surrounded <laughs> by the other team's fans, you, you miss that. You know, that, that yeah. kind of bit that gets an extra couple of percent out of you and... You know, as a professional player, I know people might be saying, well, you should be at 100% all the time. But, you know, the atmosphere of fans, you really, I never understood it would be this way until we started playing. You know, before people saying, oh, you have to go back with no fans. I said, yeah, it'd be fine. Um, But we are really missing them. As I said, whether they're cheering you or booing you, it makes a huge, huge difference. And, you know, obviously we have to wait for it to be safe for them to be able to come back in. But I think I'll speak for every single player. Um, professional player and, and non-league player to say that we are missing them and, and hopefully they return uh, extremely soon. Roy, a good win for you last weekend at St. Johnson. Indeed, three points is a <laughs> yeah. good win. There, there is not much between you know the middle to bottom half of this league and it is, I'm sure Marvin and I agree, it would be just what happens on the day and who gets the breaks and, 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 and specifically who scores the first goal. So between sort of Maybe eight clubs in the league. There's not a lot, so you know, on on the day, whether you're home or away, it, it is about attitude. It is about uh, it. It is about making the first breakthrough, and um, we're delighted to get three points on Saturday. And Aberdeen this weekend, but of course the Dons tonight against Sporting Lisbon. Uh, how good is it to see four Scottish teams in Europe still? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, uh, I think that that we've missed that. Uh, it's a pity Celtic didn't get. Further than the Champions League, but hopefully, you know, we can get four teams at the end of tonight into the next round, and uh, that would be great. Great for a coefficient as well, great encouragement for the game here. 
Um, it's Ali here, Roy. I was just having a, a chat with some of your team earlier um, in the week and they were saying that you really are at the forefront of all the testing and everything with um, with all the machines and everything you have at the club. And I think a lot of people in the other side of the league maybe don't realise just how ahead you are up in Ross County. Well, I think I had some business experience through through, through my, my own business and in understanding covid and, and the repercussions for it in a business environment. So it was easy to transfer that very early, you know, in, in, into football. And I know ourselves and Celtic were the first teams that, you know, got machines and, and realised testing was here to stay. It's an expensive commodity, but we just realised in this part of the world that, you know, that, that is the commitment that will be, that will be needed to, to, to be able to play football. We weren't beside any, you know, testing... Uh, T- testing places where where it could so so to try and bring in uh, at the beginning uh, these machines was really important for the club. Roy, Great how difficult? Hear. Yeah, as you were ahead of the game, you and Celtic. How tough is it going to be for uh, teams? I know we can't generalise in the Premier League. At least there's uh, football television money for you. Um, but how tough is it to balance the books, given the way you know revenue has fallen off the cliff in terms of attendance? Yeah, it's really tough, and it's really tough, you know, in the whole league. And you know, I think I think everyone understands the health, the the, the health situation we're in just now. But I think the game does need some uh, financial help, uh, as do most businesses, but particularly football because football rugby they're part of the community. And and, and I don't know until just this crisis that that people realise the influence and the reach that football clubs had with community programmes with academies, with everything. We reach right into communities and, and in, in many areas, particularly our own, are the hub of the community, you know. So so that reach, you know, we we can't have clubs going out of business. We, we, we can't have clubs failing through no fault of their own. You know, and I would appeal to the politicians to, to really get behind sport uh, because it is a business. It is the, the, they're all businesses and they're all hearts of the community. So we need as much help as other businesses and you know, we need that recognised. Yeah, we do indeed, Marvin. We, we we hope that there will be help for football because we need the fans in. We have to be safe. We know it. But look at the, the way it's been done, the controlled way it was done at Ross County and at Aberdeen the other week. Surely this can be rolled out once this crisis is over, hopefully in the very near future. Yeah, definitely. And you've touched on the help there. Like you said, the Premier League teams luckily have the, the, the TV money and you know the streaming and stuff. It's the lower league teams who are going back, you know, who are really going to struggle. And, and they're the ones who probably need the help first. We almost have to help from the bottom up. Um, you know, and I know my chairman might not like me saying that, but yeah. it's the truth. You know, um, those those are the clubs that are really going to struggle. And, and like you said, you, you see other places open, you see, you know, pubs and restaurants and people are in there and they're under... You know, they're they're in rooms and and whatever else. You know, at football, you're you're kind of open air, so you would hope that you know sooner or later they'll be able to say, well, we can socially distance and it is safe to do so, if if stuff like restaurants and pubs can stay open. But like I said, it's about people's safety first. But football's also a release for people. You know, mentally, fans going and watching their team at the end of a a really tough week, especially with all that's going on now with mental health and everything else. Um, you know, I think it's it's more than just going and watching a football game. It's it's your release at the end of the week. Roy, thanks very much for joining us and the manager will be happy with you as long as you win on November the 10th <laughs> against Elgin City. <laughs> Delighted. Roy. Good to be with you guys. Thank you. Great. Thank Bye. you, Roy. Yes. You too. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. 
I'm Paul Cooney with Marvin Barclay and Ali Defoy for the next hour with the Go Radio Football Show and you can contact us now. Yes, jump on the socials at Go Football Show. You can drop us a wee message 87474 put go at the start of your text. We can read that out on the show if you fancy. Maybe you've got a wee question for Marv or Paul um, or maybe you just want to drop us a wee phone call 0808 17 17 700. Give us a call on that number anytime you fancy. Riga against Celtic kicking off just around now so Marvin you're keeping us right up to date with that. Hapoel Bersheva against Motherwell in half an hour's time we're going to speak to Stephen Hamill director of the Youth Academy at Motherwell shortly Willem Tway against Rangers in Holland of course at 8 and Sporting Lisbon against Aberdeen also at 8 o'clock tonight delighted now to welcome to the programme Jim McAnally the manager of Peterhead 10 years at Dundee United Jim I was just thinking back you won the cup in 94 I was at the match caller and uh, you got to the UEFA Cup final 87 and uh, you're also your Cy Ferry's boss at Peterhead Jim, good evening. Welcome to Go Radio. Good evening. Hope you're all well. We yeah, are, we are. Thanks. We're good, thanks. Uh, how are things with you, Jim? It's been such a, a crazy time, but at least you've got the players together. You're training again and going to get started. Well, I mean, once we get back to training a few weeks ago, it was really, it was really good. Uh, to be honest, when the break came, sort of when the lockdown came and, and we stopped football, me personally, I, I, I quite enjoyed the break because... You know, I'd felt the summer before that it was probably time for me to call it a day, but the chairman had convinced me otherwise. So it wasn't the worst thing that happened to me. But since then, I've been, you know, refreshed and and it was too long a break. And and then we're all dying to get back into it. So it was nice to get the players together again. Uh, Even though you've got to do some, you've got to jump through hoops to, you know, to get to training and and play a game. Mm -hmm. But... uh, you know, it's worth it in the end when you see that. And that's what I said to him. Once you get in the park, he's going to enjoy it. And Jim, how, how do you organise it? Because obviously Peterhead, the, the northeast, it's quite far up from Aberdeen, but your players are from all over. So where do you train? We train in Dundee. Uh, there's a, there's a the regional performance centre opened up just over a year ago. And uh, it's, it's not quite as big as the Orium, but it's, it's an excellent facility. So they, we've also, you know, they've got the indoor, the full size indoor pitch in there, which is actually out of bounds at the minute. So we're actually training uh, in the outdoor pitch there because we're not allowed in indoors. Uh, so it's not easy. I mean, the old Peterhead set up is, is over the years it's got harder. We used to have loads of players for Aberdeen uh, when I first went, even at the end of the season, if Aberdeen was to release four or five players, you know, three or four of them would probably come to Peterhead but as the years have went on it's just got tougher and tougher I don't know you know we've had to we've had to spread our net and at the end of the day sometimes you just get better value for money when you look, look down in the west and, and that's that's what's happened and uh, Sai, I know he loves uh, he's your assistant, he's one of the coaches he drives the, the coach up so he tells us to training to Dundee uh, but he's loving his football gym isn't he he really is, he's thriving at the moment Simon Ferry, just just in case people don't know, right? Yep. Simon Ferry is one of the best professionals that you can come across. He's he's a clown of a boy. Uh, he makes himself look stupid. He talks himself down all the time, yep. and nothing could be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. He, you know, we played Dundee a week past uh, a week past Tuesday, and there wasn't a better player on the pitch than Simon Ferry. And, I, and I'm talking about out of the old Dundee team. You know, Graham Dorns and, and all the other guys that played in there, he's, he's just sold himself short. I don't know 
he came to me after when he wanted to leave Dundee and said, I want to come somewhere and enjoy a game of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even at that, I would say for a couple, couple of seasons, you know, he was a bit of a wreck as far as he used to, his back used to get into spasms and, and whatever. Anyway, he's just, he's got himself kind of a super fit and, uh, you know, he's just, he's just, he's just a right good player. He's actually too good for us, to be honest, but, you know, if if he enjoys playing and, and obviously he's looking at the next step of his career now with coaching, uh, his training sessions are excellent. And, and that, in fact, that's why I've left him to go and take one tonight while I'm sitting in my bed here talking to you. So you're in Go Radio and he's doing the training. Ali, um, you, uh, that's what you call, that's what you yeah. call delegation. <laughs> <laughs> Very good management, Jim. He was saying yeah. that you let him drive the bus, but uh, he also said that the temperature gauge broke. Now, he's blaming someone else for this, but I'm not sure if that's the, the case. But yeah, how's it going up with the with all the testing and everything that has to go on up there? Well, the thing is with the bus, we've got two buses on the road that's meant to do, obviously, because you know, the social distancing. So basically, I think we've got five people on a bus and five people on another bus, you know, 12 seaters. For sure. So they basically get a, a release to themselves. Now, I, uh, I basically, what happens to them, they meet up, they get their temperature test. What they've got to do, sorry, before that is they've got to, uh, they've got to text their general manager to say that uh, their name, no new symptoms or, you know, if they were feeling off colour. But they weren't feeling right. But, but up to the minute, it's been no new symptoms. They get their temperature taken. They come to training, and uh, and the biggest thing for me is, and, and this is a massive area for me, that they can't shower after it. Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, I would like a, a reason for, for some medical person to why you can't you be know, clean. We're told, con- <laughs> we're told constantly that hygiene is paramount in this virus. Yet the players aren't allowed to shower. So. You know that that beats me. I must. I must confess. No, it's understandable. There's there's so many different things we're trying to adjust to at the moment. I see Bo- Marvin bobbing his head. I guess you've had to have the actual test as well as just the. It's not pleasant, is it? No, not pleasant at all. Um, especially when you know it's tw- twice a week. Um, it's gone down to once and gone up again. And yes, yeah, it's, it's it's not a pleasant test at all. But obviously, you know, if we need to do that to play football, then I'm more than happy to do it. Um, but it's not something I wish on anybody, if I'm honest. Jim, how worried are you for the lower league clubs that that some of them might not survive because of the lack of income? Well, obviously, I'm worried. I'm worried for all the clubs. I mean, lower league clubs. I think we've had a wee chance now to build up a wee bit of a war chest. As mm-hmm. far as you know, football has been a fantastic, uh, a fantastic thing. For, for the, especially for the lower league clubs, so I think you know it's obviously worrying for us because I would say our chairman said December, January uh, would be our whack without crowds. But I, I worry about the bigger clubs, like the Kilmarnock and Johnson's at Mums. I'm pretty sure that they don't budget for having no crowds at all, you know, and, and Hamilton Aggies, etc. So that, that's what worries me. I worry about the whole game. I don't. I think the lower league clubs, you know, at the minute we've only got 13 signed players. Uh, I think Dumbarton have seen I've got 13 signed players. Yep. So we've, we've been pretty wary of, of you know, jumping in. Uh, you know, obviously at one point we were worried about the testing side of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which, which again, I don't know if Marvin will back me up on this, but for me, it's just a box ticking exercise that, that the joint response group you know, they agreed to get playing football. And 
I just think the whole thing is is not not necessary. You know, there's Marvin sitting. Me, I don't know where Marvin's sitting tonight, but he might be at home, or he's maybe been to the shops or mm. or whatever. There's no way that the Premier League players in Scotland live in a bubble. Yeah. As you know, as would when we watched the Champions League for two weeks or the Europa League for two weeks, these guys were holed up. They were in a proper bubble in a hotel, no mixing with anybody, and and you know that's. That's exactly what a bubble is. But we've got a pretend bubble in Scotland yeah. where, you know, these guys are all going to hold the kids that have been at school. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and and I just think it's an expense that the clubs could do without. And I think Scottish football needs to start fighting back a wee bit. And what I mean by that is, is that we've jumped through hoops to get playing again. Mm-hmm. But I think there's some things that the joint response group need to take back and say, well, look, you need to come and go a wee bit now. We need to try and get the boys washed after a game because we're coming into, you know, bad weather now, cold weather. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's things there that, that we need to start fighting back a wee bit because we've done everything we can. Yeah. And we're still not going to get crowds back in in the, in the, in the short term anyway. Especially for Sai, because he's what two-hour journey to Dundee, so playing, oh, yep. soaking wet, yep. coming back, you end up catching That's cold exactly and, and everything else, and your yep. immune system's going to catch anything. I mean, we played on Sunday for Martin, and, and I don't know how the weather was down the road, but it was actually 22, 22 degrees in Aberdeen on Sunday. It was mm-hmm. really hot, mm-hmm. and the players were, the players were, were soaking, you know, and and. Uh, there's no way that that's good for them, you know. And then, you know, I, I just I just don't get that side. And it would be nice if we could get some sort of explanation for some medical person, whether it be John McLean or, mm-hmm. or, or the professor, Leach, who's, yeah, who's on the radio. Leach. Mm-hmm. You know? I, Jim, just looking to Europe tonight before you go, how do you think Celtic will doing? It's nil-nil after 10, 11 minutes. So Celtic and Latvia... Do you expect uh, the team that you started out with to win tonight and to go into the third round? They should do. Playoff. They should yeah. do. I, I don't know. Is it an Ashwood tough pitch they're playing on? I'm not, I'm not actually yep. sure. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, well, it's, it's definitely not a grass one. Yep. Right. So well, it's <laughs> <laughs> so either gra- Astro or concrete. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll let you pick. <laughs> uh, I think Ashwood tough's always a problem and, and yep. it's about your level that, you know, for any team. So it might be a struggle for them, but I would expect them to get through. What about uh, Motherwell? They're playing in about 20 minutes, Jim. They're playing Bersheva, Hapwell Bersheva. What do you reckon? That's, that's haven't a clue about the Israeli team, but obviously uh-huh. the, the Israeli national team were decent against Scotland recently. Certainly were. I don't, yep. You know, I don't know if, they're, uh, if most of their players play, you know, play abroad or whatever, but certainly they were decent and, and they'll, they'll be a tough nut to crack for sure. That's. We, That'll be a tough game for Motherwell. We knew it's going to be tough for Aberdeen against Sporting Lisbon, even though they've got COVID problems. Uh, have you played in the stadium over there? Just trying to think. And you I, I, I yeah. actually, I didn't play in that stadium. I was Celtic. Remember when Celtic beat Sporting Lisbon five yep. one at Celtic Park? Yep. Well, I was in the squad for the first game over there, uh, but I never got on the bench. Yeah. But I've been in the stadium. I've certainly been in the stadium. It would be quite intimidating. Uh-huh. Well, so there are no crowds, so no That's right. <laughs> Is the stadium quite impressive, it, 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 though? It, oh, it's magnificent. Yeah. It's a, it's a lovely stadium. Yeah. It's really nice. Really nice. Mm-hmm. And Willem Tway against Rangers. Uh, Stephen Gerrard certainly he knows, you know, well, he knows so much about European football. And with Rangers, they were they were really hard to beat last season in Europe. I thought Rangers were, were ready made for Europe last season. I don't know I don't know why they were so comfortable in it. Uh, it seemed to be that when the you know, the, the difficult games in Scotland last year when the teams were sitting in against them, 
they maybe don't get the same respect in Europe as you know as as they get here, and they certainly seem to find space easier to get behind. And uh, I would expect him to get through that tie. And Jim, the big question at the weekend: How did the the derby? You had a friendly against the Bra Fraserburgh. How did it go? Oh, we get mopped up. What did you? Well, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I always take that game off because it's an eye opener, and we had some some trialist play. And uh, it's like I don't know if Sai said the discussion on the radio about development football and stuff like that. He's very passionate you know, about yeah. it. Aye, well, I'm a wee bit the same, and and you know we had some players that's played at that level, and you throw them into that game and and Saturday, and honestly, these guys are played. This was a cup final for Fraser, but uh, they're in your faces. They were, you know, you get away with a lot of heavy tackling and mm-hmm. pre season because referees are loath to book people, and uh, even even say, you know, there was there was a boy right in his face the whole time, and and uh, so that's why I take the game and and. Uh, we lost it. So as good as we were against Dundee in the Tuesday, we were bad and Saturday and Sunday. So, uh, but that's pre-season. I've, I've gave up a long time ago. You know, worrying about pre-season results. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. Good luck for this season, and uh, I bet you're looking forward to coming up against uh, Barry Ferguson's Kelty Hearts as well. We talk about it a lot here with Barry being on with Sky, with Sai, and uh, we you look mean forward. Sai to, asks yeah. his team all the time. I does. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, thanks very much for joining us. No problem. Take care. Back with more on Celtic. It's nil-nil still at the moment. And we're going to be speaking to Stephen Hamill from Motherwell. That's coming next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! 20 minutes gone, it's still Celtic nil-nil in Riga and Latvia. So Marvin, a few chances for Celtic, you've caught up with uh, a couple of them. Yeah, McGregor uh, had a chance, or a half chance, yeah. uh, and, and then Cham also. So Celtic look like they are in control of the game. Hopefully can get a goal soon. Early days, but uh, hopefully the Scottish teams will get off to a great start with Celtic there. Rangers are playing at eight in Holland, Aberdeen at eight as well. And uh, Motherwell, we're going to hear from Stephen Hamill in a second or two, are playing in about uh, 10 minutes' time. Um, let's hear from Stephen Robinson, who was looking at uh, tonight's opposition, Hapoel Bersheva. I will speak to Brendan at some stage today um, about some of the players that are still there. I think they're a very strong side. I've watched them. They've got strong individuals. You know, they, they've got three players we've really identified that can hurt you. But um, there's certainly uh, we've gone with a game plan. Um, we went to a game plan at Aberdeen. It worked very well. You know, and we'll, we'll go with a different game plan when we go out there. And I believe that you know there's a real positive mindset within the football club, and we're going to need to stick to the game plan and then hope that individuals do what they've done on Sunday and, and come to the fore and take their opportunities. Director of Youth Academy Stephen Hamill is on the line. Yeah, we just called him. Hi, Stephen. Good evening. Hi, guys. How are we? Ah, good. Thanks. How are you feeling about tonight's match? Yeah, it's good. It'll be good. Good experience, I think. Uh, quietly confident, as you said, the, the manager there. Um, he'll have done his homework and he'll be getting into the, into the game fully prepared and, you know, quietly confident, I feel. And probably you should be after uh, the weekend result at Pataudry. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was a fantastic result, you know, to go up there at any stage and, and you know, win so convincingly. It's, it's very impressive and I, th- I feel like it was needed, you know, I think a performance is this season maybe haven't reflected on the points we've gathered so to get that win and get that in and amongst you know how tight it is this season get in and amongst it again you know it's been a real confidence booster as well 
because Marvin, everyone at the start of the season, given that Motherwell were third last season, um, everyone yeah. expected you know top six and challenging. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you kind of put that pressure on yourselves. You yeah. know, when you do finish so high, the following season comes and everyone's expected to do the same again. And football's never that easy. You know, outside of the big two, you've got the huge budget. You know, as the um, you know the the Ross County chairman said earlier, it's so tight for for everybody else. And you know, Motherwell had probably had a slower start than they wanted and anticipated. But you know, hopefully the Aberdeen game can and make them kick on and you know continue that in Europe today. And Stephen, everyone's speaking about, uh, well, there's so many players that have come through. Alan Campbell yeah. is definitely catching the eye. Yeah, he's been he's been fantastic for a long time now. Um, I think he's starting to get the recognition that he deserves. He's a player that in the academy we use as an example of how he prepares, how he conducts himself, his attitude, his determination towards everything that he does. And, you know, he's been a real a real shining light and a real example for all our, all our academy players to you know, to, to thrive to get to, to the level Alan's playing at just now. And he's not the only one. There are other players that uh, are being watched and who are coming through. I mean, David Clarkson yeah. going away uh, to Celtic. I, I mean, people admire him. How well he did after the setback the year before. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a it's great character. You know, Alan and, and David have grown up playing together in the academy for a number of years and um, the, you know the, the, they're, they're very you know different players different styles but their attitudes are very similar what David went through a year ago would, would normally have you know really set a, set a player back but if anything David's took it as a positive and he's come back potentially even a better player than, than before his injury Yeah I spoke to David uh, during the lockdown um, you know on, on Instagram some live stuff we were doing and, and he said that you know it really did affect him mentally but he said after a while you know his family kind of came around him and, and Motherwell as a football club came around him and said you know what you will be okay you will get over this injury you know you are such a young boy and, and it was so good to see him back on the pitch and, and doing what he does best and you know see him moving better than ever um, and it must be brilliant for you know you being you know head of the head of the academy seeing these boys going and, and doing so well yeah, as I think you know, you can have you can have whatever level your academy's at, or the amount of talent you've got through. But if the boys are getting stuck at first team level and not being given that opportunity, then you know it's, it's going to be a struggle. But thankfully, at the club, with that, you know that that pathway's there. The, you know when you when your time comes, and if you show enough, which these two boys that you speak about have, then the opportunity will be there for you to go and play. So. I think that you know the best thing for them was getting in the team and staying in the team at a young age, and you know they've just grown, you know, and, and the, the um, you know the, the way they've kicked on and the way they you know they just seem to be getting better and better, and you know I think that's from that comes from that. And that must be a strong selling point for you, you know, when you bring young players in, maybe with their parents or relatives, they've got a chance mm-hmm. at a club like Motherwell. You are almost as you say a community club, but you can get into the first team and play at the highest level. Yeah, that's the thing. If you if you if you come here and you show a good attitude as well as the ability that you undoubtedly have, you know, if you show enough, then you know you you get there. If you look at just now, we've got young Max Johnson who only left the school in the summer. He's already you know he's, he's trains with the first team every day. He's only just sixteen. You know, he's, he, the, the strides and the the ways he's kicked on just by being in that first team environment. You know, just through. You know, she obviously is a talented boy, but there's determination and his hard work. It, it, it's there for them, and you know, and you know that pathway is, is kind of quite clear to, to show anyone. What about uh, defender Sam Campbell? People are talking about him. Sam, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen you get a bit of publicity today. Yeah, um, there's, there's been a few teams, um, you know, kind of inquiring about him. He's, he's down at 
And you know he's he's, the next, he's spending the next couple of weeks at a, a couple of teams down south. Um, he's somebody we think highly of, and it's somebody we've, that we've kind of said to kind of the same message I just said there about potentially staying here and and getting fifty, a hundred games at a young age, and then potentially getting the move. But you know the the the, the lure of England is what it is as well. So it's weighing up those options. We think highly of Sam, and we know we're still we're still hopeful that. Sam will remain a Motherwell player. Stephen, you had almost 500 games with Motherwell. How much are you, have you enjoyed it uh, now in the coaching capacity as the director of youth development? How, how have you adapted to that role? Yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been it's been something that um, you know you're still involved. I still miss playing. I still miss training every day. Of course, like everyone else, I suppose when we retire. But it's been great to be involved in, and it's something I'm really. I'm really passionate about about driving the academy forward, youth, school, youth football in Scotland in general, driving it forward, and the potential, the, the the players that we've got from, you know, that under eighteen level down is really exciting. Not just at Motherwell, but throughout the country. Uh, it's great, isn't it? Stephen's going to go and watch the match because yeah. it's starting in about ninety seconds. Yeah. Stephen, thanks very much for joining us. What's your no prediction? Problem. Give us a scoreline, Stephen. We always do that. Yeah. What do you reckon? We'll go one 0 Motherwell. One 0 Motherwell. Thanks very much. Really good Pleasure, to hear guys. Stevie Hamill there, the Youth Academy director. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot happening there. Liverpool, Leeds, and Brighton interested in Sam Campbell. Yeah, it must be so difficult for Motherwell because when you do have you know boys getting into the first team through the academy and doing so well, the bigger clubs are going to start looking at their players when they're younger now and say instead of spending two, three million pounds when they do get into the first team, maybe you can pick them up at fourteen and fifteen and pay pay peanuts for them. And it kind of sounds what what Stephen's saying there. You know, the, the young lad's gone down to England to to train with a couple of clubs. Um, you know, I'm just 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 worry about the amount of compensation they're going to end up getting if they do. You know, players do leave at an early age. Celtic are still nil-nil. That's uh, nearly half an hour played there on the surface over uh, in that match. So any other news coming in, Marvin? Just checking to see the latest. I think Marvin's phone's Celtic. died. Yeah, yeah my, my, my phone's died, so I've got, I've got no update for you. I'm, I'm, I'm relying on you. We'll give you it here. Still, still uh, nil-nil there. And before we leave, not so much the motherwell situation, the situation about COVID. Stephen Robinson was speaking about how important fans are uh, to football. Them sort of days out and, and and nights out and under the lights. That's what fans sort of live for, and that's what you're. You know, it's what's it's so so disappointing. We waited so long to get into Europe, and then you're you're playing in empty stadiums. You know, uh, I believe that. You know, they've waited long and hard. They've been through tough times at this football club, and it really is just a shame. But you know, if you put football into the context of everything else in the world, then we have to just go with it and and, and run with it and do the best we can. What's the word at Livingston? How do you feel that, you know, everyone, not just in football, is unsettled at the moment? It's a worrying time. What's the word this week? What do the players say in training? You know, we're just trying to trying to get on with it as best we possibly can. Obviously, you know, that there, there is a worry with, with everything going on and, you know, wanting the fans back and everything else. But we understand that, you know, people's health has to come first and foremost. Um, I think one of the worrying things in the dressing room this week has been something that happened down in England with, you know, Tottenham playing against Leighton Orient and, and Tottenham, you know, paying for the testing, kind of like what County have done for Leighton Orient, and I think none of their players had positive tests. So, you know, if that game would have gone ahead with Tottenham not paying for it and those players have played against each other, you know, then that's a huge, huge risk. And that's that's one of the things that the players have been worrying about because a lot of people, you know, have young families at home and, you know, a couple of boys still live with their parents who are slightly older. So we, we are worried in, in regards to that. But, I mean, you know, it's almost like we have to get on with it. We have to just get used to it now. 
still nil-nil Celtic looking the better team but no scoring so far that's the news from there uh, Ali a few weeks ago you were at Hamilton Ackies and you were also impressed by the Covid uh, precautions they were taking there and the protocols Absolutely it was great to, to pop down actually to the new stadium I think it's called the Foy Stadium it's sponsored now taken after De Foy I think um, but yeah no it's great to see everything that's going on I wasn't allowed anywhere near the actual pitch or where they're, they're training I was allowed on the wee side one I don't know if you've ever seen it if you've gone to watch one of the matches but it was great I tried the Nordic board chest which is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life I thought it was going to be easy I was shown it by their um, sports scientist and it was not anywhere near as easy as it looked but yeah it was great to see what they're doing uh, and again with that little booth that they had for everyone to go through I don't know if you've ever had the fortune of going through it Marv have you? Yeah we went down there and played a bounce game um, so we all went through the uh... <laughs> It's an interesting contraption but you know what all credit to them forefront and, and trying to think out the box and, and seeing what they can do to really protect everybody No exactly it's, it's, as I said there it's about people's safety you know and, and, and Hamilton are, are trying to do their best they possibly can obviously it's an expense to them but you can't put an expense on somebody's health so as you said fair play to them for trying to think outside the box and trying to keep everybody safe who, who does go into the stadium 100% James Forrest has just gone down on the edge of the box he's been tackled so just waiting to see if it's going to be a corner or a free kick uh, the referee is uh, standing over it just now. Still nil-nil, 31 minutes gone. Are they using uh, VAR over there? No, no, no I don't think no, they, I don't think they have it. No, no. So uh, this would be a great time for Celtic to, uh, to to get that early strike. Just, no, just, no, exactly. Especially yeah. when you, you know, you're dominating the game and you're dominating the possession. It would be brilliant to, to obviously run off of the goal. And that's always a worry, isn't it? When, you, when you're playing in games, especially in Europe and, you know, you are dominant dominating the play and you don't get the goal you know it always leaves the other team with thinking well we only need one goal and we can sit behind it but you know Forrest looks like he could be struggling here obviously the physio's come on and kind of taken him to the side so it looks like he could be struggling I have to keep an eye on that I think he's given a corner rather than a free kick unfortunately but, so yeah I think the, the ball went over there Marvin is keeping an eye on it for us Marvin Bartley the Livingston captain here on the Go Radio football show with Ali Defoy and Paul Cooney and you can call us or contact us now absolutely get in touch maybe you're watching the game at home or maybe you're uh, following on the socials at Go Football Show if you're doing that or call us 0808 17 17 700 maybe you've got a point about one of the matches maybe you're one of the fans Motherwell Rangers, Aberdeen, Celtic fan, or maybe you're a massive fan of Marvin Bartley. I know there's so many of you out there. You're thinking, you know what? I want to ask Marvin about his socials at Go Football Show. You do quite a lot on your socials, Marvel. Uh, Marvel? Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Turning you into a cartoon character now. But you do quite a lot on your socials with your coaching that you're doing at the moment. I've been watching some of your videos. Are you quite enjoying that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And kind of like Stephen's saying there, when you, you're coming towards the end of your career, you look at the next step and and luckily for me, Livingston have allowed me to to be manager of the reserve team. So, um, you know, alongside doing my coaching badges, I actually get to to coach and and do it. You know, three times a week with the with the younger players. So for me, it's brilliant, and it's about passing my knowledge on. Um, you know, I always say to the players, though, you know, forget about Marvin Bartley, the player. This is me as a coach, and I'm learning as well. So I'm going to make mistakes, and don't think that I know it all. And if you think there's something I can improve on, then you tell me. So no, it's been it's been brilliant. Marvin, nothing happened from the corner. Ball cleared. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was it was headed away. Um, so to be honest, it wasn't the best corner put in. So. But yep. Riga don't want Celtic having set plays. They don't want to be able to have corners, free kicks. They want to avoid all of that. Yeah, it looks like they're just, just literally just sitting behind the ball. You know, they had all of their players in, in their own defensive half, and they're trying to hit Celtic on a counter attack. Um, so something that Celtic will definitely be uh, wary of. Let's hear from Steven Gerrard. We heard from him earlier. What about the fact it's a one-off? They all, are all one-offs now. Will that have an effect on the game tonight? It is different. It is a unique situation. Um, 
it does take away uh, a slight advantage for us, if you like, if it is over two legs and you have the opportunity to bring the team back to your home ground. Whether that's a bigger advantage with no fans or with fans is up for debate. But one thing's for sure, I think to get through this new process uh, under the COVID restrictions, it's going to be a, a harder and tougher challenge than the previous two years. Touching that in a moment, some more news though. Yeah, Forrester, as we said, that he went down with an injury and the physio came on to give him some treatment, but he wasn't moving too well. Frimpong's actually replaced him now um, and Celtic are currently defending a, a wide free kick, but it's been it's been headed on and it's actually gone out for a corner now. So Celtic have just conceded a corner. 33 minutes gone, nil-nil, Celtic uh, in Riga. Can also confirm my good friend Barry Ferguson's dropped me a message yep. and he said it's definitely artificial, so we were right. Ah, well done. Good. Yeah, it's hard to <laughs> so, see actually on the on the screen here. It's on Premier Sports. Tough to say, but 33 minutes gone. Nil, nil. And Celtic uh, facing a, a corner. Yeah, yeah um, this is. I think this is probably the second time that they've been in a Celtic's box. If I'm honest, um, you know, as I said, they've been they've been defending very deep and something Celtic will be used to. You know, playing in in, in the Scottish Premier League teams sitting behind the ball and, and trying to hit them on the counter attack. Frimpong on for Forest. Have you been impressed by Jeremy Frimpong when he's come on? The fans love him. Yeah, he's, he's been a he's been a breath of fresh air. Even his interviews, you know, he's been absolutely fantastic. And and it's good for a young boy coming up, you know, and saying, you know, I'm going to go and try and play more first team football. He could have stayed down in England, you know, at a huge club and been like, well, I'll just stay in the under 23s. And you know, he's he's openly said, I want to come and play for for another big club in Celtic, and I want to play more first team football. So this is a great chance for him because he's been kind of in and out, hasn't he, the start of this season. So obviously, you know, Forrest going off, it's never good for anybody, but hopefully Frimpong can take this opportunity and, and get a run of games now. What about Steven Gerrard then? We heard from him a few moments ago and just talking about the fact so different, it's one-off these matches and tonight in Holland. Yeah, um, but you touched on it earlier, Paul, when you said, you know, about Rangers being better suited for, for Europe. Um, it's so true because teams just go and play against them. You know, as I said, you know, when they play in the Premier League, you know, a majority of the teams are going to sit behind the ball. You know, we did it against them, you know, a few weeks ago. But now when they're playing in Europe, teams think they are as good as Rangers or they are as good as Rangers so it makes for a much more open game and they're, they're attacking players you know they can really express themselves and you know, the only worry is like you said it's, it's just it's just a 90 minute game or if it doesn't go into extra time so it's just it's just a one-off game and you know no way goals matter or anything like that so it's a straight shootout and you know you much rather be at home for that game rather than away but you know I, I definitely believe that Rangers can do it Do you think Rangers will do it tonight? I hope yep. so I Great. really hope yep. so and uh, Celtic still nil-nil uh, in Riga. Bersheva against Motherwell. Do you think Motherwell? Uh, dif- mm. Difficult game. Um, you know, we were talking there about the the Israeli national team, and, and you know, a majority of those players do play uh, in the Israeli league, and it is a competitive league. Um, obviously, Ofi. Ophia Marciano, who's at Hibs, you know, speaks really highly about the league. And John McGinn was only saying when they played against Israel how difficult it actually was, and he was surprised, you know, by the by the standard of their players. So, I think it's going to be a very very difficult task for Motherwell. Um, you know, their, their manager said they're going to go with a slightly different game plan as to the one they went with against Aberdeen. I think you'll see Motherwell sitting behind the ball and, and trying to hit, you know, the, yeah. them on the counter attack with Tony Watt and, and Long up front and. Now, hopefully they can they can get a goal and win the game, but I think it's a very very difficult task for them. He's a good manager, Stephen Robinson. Oh, fantastic! Yep. You know, and and the good thing with me, what I've seen in the change from me coming up here, you know, five years ago to now, is their style of play. You know, they used to be a team that used to go a lot longer, and now they're a more possession based team. And he's not trying to do it over you know six months or a year's period. He's, it's taken four or five years to to happen, and it came to fruition last season, finishing third. So, you know, a fantastic manager who's, who's kind of gone the full circle on on style of play. And it's currently eight minutes in and nil nil in Israel just now. 
Excellent. So that's we're keeping you right up to date with Bersheva against Motherwell. Nil nil. Thanks, Ali and Celtic. At nil nil. Thirty three minutes gone. Is it thirty seven minutes? Thirty seven. Just had a great opportunity oh. there. Um, it's been headed out to him by Edward. He's probably eleven, twelve yards out, and he's hit it kind of straight to the goalkeeper. He's hit it into the floor, so there's not a lot of power on it. But uh, it was a fantastic chance. We'll keep you right up to date here on the Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean's going to join us in a moment or two, previewing Sporting Lisbon against Aberdeen and more from Celtic next. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go! No change in the last 60 seconds. Riga nil, Celtic nil, Hapoel, Bersheva nil, Motherwell nil. We're just over an hour away from Willem Tway against Rangers and Sporting Lisbon against Aberdeen. Rob McLean, uh, the top commentator and uh, host here with us on the Go Radio Football Show, 0808 17 17 700. Maybe not to speak to Rob tonight, but to speak to Marvin Bartley or Ali Defoy or me, Paul Cooney. Rob will be here tomorrow night with Ali and with Cy Ferry. And Rob, we had Jim McAnally on a wee while ago and he was actually saying how underrated Cy Ferry is as a player, great trainer uh, and a wonderful player who you know probably should be playing at a higher level. I thought you were going to say underrated as a radio pundit and I was going to vehemently disagree at that point. (laughs) uh, Oh, he knows he's good. No, it's interesting, wasn't it? I mean, you know, because Cy does talk himself down all the time. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he clearly, uh, you know, he's as fit as he's ever been by the sounds of it. I think we can probably see that when he walks into the studio as well. Um, But yeah, a, a great work ethic, you know, he has about him. Uh, and he's and he's going to be a great coach, isn't he? And he and he's he's a funny guy. There's no doubt about that. But when it comes to his football, he's deadly serious. And and obviously against players of the quality of Graham Dorans for Dundee the mm-hmm. other week, playing against Dundee, he, he more than matched up to them. But if I can just change gear at this point, Paul, not not in terms of what I'm wearing, but uh, I, I can give you the Rangers team, which is just with us. Um, I don't have the Aberdeen team as yet, but that won't be far away. So Rangers, um, I can sense Marv scribbling here and putting these into a <laughs> formation which might be similar to what actually lines up. Uh, McGregor and goals for Rangers. So Alan McGregor is, is back in. There's a, there's a decision from the manager. Uh, of course, John McLaughlin has been playing so far this season with, with McGregor having various injury issues. McGregor plays. Tavernier, Goldson, Helander and Barisic. There's not much for you to do here, Marv, other than just write them down. Um, in the midfield, Kamara, Davis, Arfield, who was, of course, so impressive uh, for Rangers at Easter Road at the weekend. Hadji and Kent coming in off the sides. Alfredo Morelos up front. So I guess that's a, a pretty predictable uh, starting lineup for Rangers, but a pretty impressive one as well for the game in the Netherlands tonight. On the bench, McLaughlin, Bassi, Calvin Bassi, Nathan Patterson, the youngster, Leon Belogan, Jordan Jones, Jermaine Defoe. Cedric Eaton on the bench um, so just wondering Marv if you've had time have I given you long enough to oh. get those written down in full or is that a shorthand you've got there what do you think of the lineup? It's a very similar one to obviously the, the game against Hibs isn't it except for McGregor's obviously gone in, gone in goal um, you know I think it's it's a strong lineup, definitely and again you know Scott Arfield hopefully he can take the form of the game on Sunday into today's game as I said he was he was a constant threat for Rangers you know constantly breaking a line because you know Rangers are a possession based team and so many of their forward players want to come towards the ball but Scott Arfield was making some fantastic runs and on another day you know he could have probably had a hat trick for himself so no extremely long uh, strong uh, lineup rather for for Rangers and you know uh, that fills me with even more confidence if I'm honest I'm just having a look actually can you can you still hear us Rob 
I can, yeah. Were you Sorted. waiting for me to speak there? Rob, <laughs> no, I'm just going to tell you, Scott Brown has picked up a booking just a few moments ago. It's still nil-nil in Riga so and still nil-nil in Israel. So uh, Marvin's keeping a, an eye on it. Anything happening there with Celtic? No, as you said, the Scott Brown booking is kind of a needless one as well on the halfway line. He just, I think he's trying to kind of stamp his authority on, on, on the game and he just came through the back of one of their players. Wesley um, Natter. Yeah, he's gone down rolling and then he's, he's seen the yellow card come out and bounce straight back up, so... That's about as interesting as the Scott Paul, if I'm honest with you, in the last couple of minutes. Yeah. Rob, a strong Rangers team though, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a really good-looking Rangers team, um, to be honest. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, Alfredo Morales, we're, we're now getting used to him being back in the fold again. Yeah. Will the, the transfer talk disappear uh, or, or will we have it still for the next 10 days, two weeks before the transfer window closes? But he's back, he's much fitter, he's scoring goals. He seems much more part of the team again. Uh, and with his ability to finish, uh, Ryan Kent's, uh, the, the ability he has to create chances and take them himself sometimes. Yanis uh, Hadji, I think, has come back to some good form in the last couple of weeks. You've got Arfield pushing on from midfield. You've got the quality of, of Stephen Davis in there as well. Glenn Kamara. Uh, a defence which until last weekend hadn't lost any goals this season. I mean, that, that sounds a pretty good line-up to me. And, and I think for Rangers, I like the fact that Alan McGregor's back in goals again because for me, in big games, he continually makes big saves. We'll talk about that in a second. A close thing for Celtic there. Greg Taylor. Yeah, I think Greg Taylor just went a little bit too early. Um, you know, he's waiting for the ball to come, be played into him inside the box from, from Christie from one side to the other but he went just a bit too early and he's unfortunately been flagged offside but you know, Celtic getting a little bit more control over the last couple of minutes What about Alan McGregor for you? Who would you can, can I ask you would you be up against Alan McGregor or John McLaughlin? <laughs> With my shooting you don't need a goalie <laughs> in there <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's such a difficult one you know two top top quality goalkeepers you know you probably go with McGregor because of the experience he actually has um, you know and, and he's going to be worked today that's for sure and you know it's not only going to be his, his goalkeeping abilities and his handling and his shot stopping also his communication you know because he's, he's going to need to you know give all that experience to the back four and, and, and try and help the whole team through this game A question here from Davey on the socials saying if Celtic lose the game remember it's nil-nil at the moment would Neil Lennon's job be in jeopardy? I've heard a few people say that, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, yeah I've heard a few people say that. And I think it's just so disappointing going out of the Champions League qualifiers. And if they were to go out of the Europa League uh, as well, it, you know, you might start to feel a little, little bit of pressure. Um, you know, it's, it's a crazy world of football, isn't it? It really is a crazy world of football. You know, going for 10 in a row and, and, and the manager could be under pressure if they lose a game today. Um, but it's just the world we live in at the moment. Still going for the Scottish Cup this for the old year, you know, for 2020. And that could be, is it four trebles? I mean, yeah. yeah. It'd, be, it'd be absolutely, <laughs> I know, astonishing. Rob, you've seen it all in football. What do you make of uh, Davies' point? Uh, well, I mean, it, you know, I, I take Davies', Davies point, but it just it does seem ridiculous in the middle of the, the game in, in, uh, in Latvia yeah. uh, to, be, to be talking about yeah. Neil Lennon's future. But yeah, you know, it's, it's a fair point. And, you know, yeah, where Celtic to go out, there would be a massive question mark uh, over Neil Lennon. But, but as you rightly point out, Celtic are on the brink uh, of a quadruple mm. treble uh, as we try to complete last season. Um, he's had massive success. But it, it is such a fickle business, isn't it, that, that the, the things can change so rapidly. Uh, and yeah, if, if, they, if they do crash out of Europe tonight, I don't see it myself, but no. if, if they do, then suddenly uh, his, his future would be questioned. 
And it's just gone to halftime um, uh, over with Celtic at Latvia, Riga at the moment, nil-nil still. Okay, thanks Ali. 0808 17 17 700. Just the last uh, seven or eight minutes of the programme. Uh, Marvin, the first half, it was mainly Celtic. Yeah, definitely. It was mainly Celtic, you know. Um, you know, they were in, in, in control of the game for large parts, you know, mainly in the middle third, if I'm honest. Um, had a great chance through Beaton, who, who unfortunately kind of fluffed his lines uh, at the important time. But, you know, I think I think Lennon will be happy with the first half. You know, the boys are doing well and I think he's just probably saying to them, you know, get that goal and the whole game will open up for us. So the first goal is going to be so, so vital in this game. Rob, the early oh, news. Yeah. The, oh, the Aberdeen. I've got, yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got the Aberdeen team, which has just come through. So it is, uh, I'll, I'll make this up as I go along, but it's, it's Joe yeah. Lewis and goals, of course. Uh, Tommy Hoban, Ash Taylor, who was hooked at half-time against Motherwell, he's back in the starting lineup. Andy Consanen is there. Shea Logan is in the starting lineup as well. So that leaves a possibility of a, of a back four for Aberdeen. They might revert to something different tonight. They've been playing a three, of course, in recent weeks. We've got Johnny Hayes in the team. Dylan McGeoch, uh, who Marv will know, uh, back into the, the starting lineup. Ross McCrory, of course, is there. And Lewis Ferguson. Ryan Hedges, who's been in fantastic form for Aberdeen. And Marley Watkins is, as ever, the main attacker um, so I mean that that leaves that leaves the scope for uh, quite a few different formations. Marv, will Aberdeen stick with what they've been doing with a back three of uh, of Hoban, Taylor, and Considine, or will Shea Logan possibly slot in at right back and turn that into a four? Um, who knows? But th- those are the changes. That is the team that will line up for Aberdeen in Lisbon, kicking off in about an hour and ten minutes. I think it's, it's one of them. I think they will stick with the back three. I think they've looked so solid other than probably the Motherwell game. You know, and unfortunately they lost 3-0 in, in the last game. But I watched them against Hibs and they look so, so solid, you know, in that formation. Um, also, when we played them earlier in the season, again, they look so solid in it. So it's it's one of those things. Do they really want to, you know, panic and change it to a back four But because of one, one defeat? I, I'm not so sure. And, you know, Logan can come in, obviously, and play down the right and Johnny Hayes down the left. Um yeah, I, th- I think it would be it would be better for them to to play with three you know players getting used to it, and I'm sure they've done a lot of work during preseason on it as well. Um, so hopefully so, they don't just so tear pro- the script. Pro- yeah, so so probably then Holben Taylor Considine as a three, Logan right wing back, Hayes left wing back, a, a central midfield three of McGeoch, McCrory, and Ferguson, Hedges supporting Watkins up front is that, that the likely formation as you see it yeah that's 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 how, that's how I see it um, even maybe even Ferguson playing a little bit higher kind of like the way we thought that you know Celtic were going to go with the two and the two um, just so that on the on the on the I imagine they're going to try and counter attack it in, in this game so the turnover of play they've got enough players up the pitch to, to support Watkins because one thing you don't want to do is you know Hedges has a, a tendency to float wide because he is more of a winger isn't he than a number 10 um, so you don't want to leave Watkins you know through the middle by him himself and, and, and isolate it because you know you never be able to get out No scoring so far in Europe Celtic as you know nil-nil at half time they had most of the play in the first half and uh, Motherwell are at uh, nil-nil against Bersheva and Hapoel uh, with 22 21 minutes gone in that match uh, Rob well we've got Marvin here before we let you go for the game and we're almost out of time here Marvin you've played against Rangers this season you've played against Celtic how do the two compare um, I, I always say this, I'm probably going to get some pelters for it. I always find it a lot harder to play against Rangers um, in regards to, you know, they're, they're so much more direct in their kind of their attacking. 
um, where I think Celtic are, are, are happy, you know, if they do get one goal up, they are happy to keep the ball and, and slow the tempo down, where I feel that Rangers just, you know, they get one goal up and they want two, they want three, they want four. And I've always found it, you know, a lot harder to play against them. Um, but I'm, I'm so excited, you know, as a, as a player in this league um, and, and also as a supporter of this league, you know, how it how it is going to end. Um, two fantastic teams going head to head. And this is something that we've wanted for a long, long time. You know, Rangers did it for the first you know, part of last season. And, and hopefully them and Celtic can, you know, really run away with it and, and be head to head, you know, going into the last couple of weeks. I think it'll be fantastic. Yeah, it's great to hear, Rob, isn't it, from someone who's played against both in the last three weeks? Yeah, I mean... For me, I think Celtic, it feels as if Celtic are the team in possession at the moment. They are the champions. They have to be knocked off their perch. So it's up to Rangers to do it. Celtic have got the, that winning mentality, that winning habit. They've been there, done it. They've proved it to everyone. They've proved it to themselves. And, and maybe that's a big, big issue for, for Rangers. Maybe that, that's the biggest issue of all, that they have to prove it to themselves. They have to believe themselves that they can elbow Celtic off that top spot over the piece. Um, it's, a, it's a big challenge. And, and yeah, like, like you're saying, I think it's a fascinating season. Yeah, it'll be an absolutely fantastic season. Like you said, Celtic know how to win, don't they? And that's such a, a huge, huge thing in, in football. You know, they, they're games that they should should lose. They end up drawing and, and, you know, games that they shouldn't, they should draw, they end up winning. And that's just having the mentality and knowing how to win games. Aaron Hickey finally moved today, Rob. At last, it's been going on for weeks. He's off to Bologna. The deal is done. Yeah, the deal is done. And I, and I gather that there's a, an injury now, question mark, over the, the, the player who's been playing in, the, in his position at left back yep. for Bologna. So uh, having completed the signing, I think there's a possibility that he might just go straight into the team and make a very quick first-team debut for Bologna. But no, it's great to see him. I and it's such a... It's such a great opportunity for for a teenager like Aaron Hickey, who's got pretty limited experience, but but probably unlimited potential. Um, and, and I think it's just a, a great mind broadening exercise, and um, you know, a great life experience for him. Apart apart from anything else, and and I think uh, Marv would probably agree with this. I mean, at this stage, uh, Aaron Hickey could probably be anything. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, there he's got you know unlimited potential, and um you know people have que- kind of questioned his defending in the short space of time he has been playing at Hearts. You know he's really really good going forward. People saying and not too sure about his defending. What a, you know, there's not a better league to learn how to defend, is there, than <laughs> over in Italy in the Serie A? Oh. So uh, yeah, it's okay. one minute to go. Don't worry. <laughs> no, so it'd be brilliant for him. Brilliant learning curve for him, and you know, a future you know left back for Scotland national team. So Rob, just a final word then. Aberdeen, could they do it tonight in Portugal? Um, I, I think personally, I think it's a really tall order. I think it will be one of their best ever European results if they can do. It. Obviously, they've reached yep. the pinnacle in the eighties. We remember that winning yep. the European Cup Winners' Cup. But it, would, it wouldn't be up there, but it would in recent times be one of their best performances and results if they can do it. They'll have to be at their very best. Rob's off to do the match now. Good luck to them and to Rangers against Willem Tway and to Motherwell 0-0 at the moment against Hapoel Bersheva and to Celtic 0-0 at halftime. Uh, that's uh, where we are in Latvia. That's it from us. We're back again tomorrow night at five. Thanks very much to Marvin. Thanks to Ali, to Rob and from me, Paul Cooney. Good night. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go!